welcome to Christ Central Church podcast. With me today is Jerusha. Hi, Jerusha. Hello. Thank you for being here. The great thing about Jerusha is I don't think you can have a conversation with her without laughing. <laughs> like she has this really fun way of looking at life and just seeing the joy in things, which is which is great. So, Jerusha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am Jerusha, and I'm married to Steve. We've been married for. 17 and a half years. I had to think about it for a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. And we have two boys, Aiden and Micah, who both have autism. They are 16 and 14 already. And amongst <laughs> all of that, you also work part-time. Yes, I work part-time. I work for Sun Life, so it's like an insurance investments kind of thing, and I just do administrative work. It's fun. Awesome. Busy. And busy with different things, serving in the church. Yep. And how long have you been part of Christ Central Church? Since 2016. Wow. So a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like just yesterday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that's great. No, it's really great having you and your family here, part of the church. And you've, as we all have, been on a journey. Your journey yes. has had some unplanned chapters. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Okay. Um, so I've been a Christian since I was 18. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, but I was very resistant to the preaching and the teaching. Um, and then when I was in university, I became a Christian. And I just did the university Christian life for a while. <laughs> and then I actually went to um, Christ Central then, when I was in university for a little while. And then I met my husband and we got married. And then a few years after we got married, maybe two or three years, four I'm not great with time. <laughs> I found out that I had leukemia, which is, <sighs> I don't know, the best way to describe it is like a painful fat disorder, which is like the technical term, but it's basically like most people's fat cells are like little teeny tiny peas, and mine are like giant balls, <laughs> and um, the accumulation of them is like strange kind of a way that they accumulate. So therefore it's quite painful to like move around and like sit for too long and stand and all those things. Um, but it was kind of like a slow progression to find out that I had it mm -hmm. because I actually had it since I was 12 wow. and I didn't really realize. And I just thought I had, you know, was gaining weight or whatever. And so I'd been on like every fat diet you can possibly imagine. I have tried it and failed. <laughs> and um, so then I realized like after a while, um, when I had the kids, it was like a a surge of hormones and unfortunately lipedema kind of plays off your hormones right. and so it it like had a surge of kind of like a, a supercharge if you will of hormones and then that kind of just wreaked havoc on everything and so I basically exploded <laughs> for lack of a better term and so after I had Micah I was just like hmm you know I wonder if any of this what I thought was swelling will go away right. and I turned to find out that it wouldn't and that was kind of permanent and so I just felt crushed. Like I remember coming home from the doctor that day and just like my mom was there because Michael was just like a little baby and she was visiting kind of like helping with newborn stuff. Yeah. And I just went to my room and laid on my bed and sobbed for I don't know how long. Because it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot like emotionally to think like, wow, like I'm never going to be skinny again. Um, and in the culture that we live in, it's kind of like one of those things that especially like when I grew up because I'm in my almost 40s so 
when I grew up, I grew up in the 90s, where, like, the culture was very, like, toxic. (laughs) And, like, the appearances, you know, like, you're either thin or you're not worth anything. You're garbage, you know. And so that kind of still plays in your mind. Mm. And then thinking, like, I'll never be thin. I've tried all diets, you know. So it was a lot. So I cried. I had a lot of crying going on. I cried in the bathtub. I cried wherever. And so it was this weird mixture of, like, wonderful mommy moments like moments with a new baby, baby yeah and then horrible like I am worthless kind of look at me I'm terrible and then that kind of spread out into um, my walk with God because right. I was just like I felt betrayed a little bit like you know now what yeah you know and it's one of those things where culture says this and God says this which is another story I'll get to later <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself but it was just really a hard time and I basically, like, I went to church one day, not this church, but yeah. a previous church. And somebody had said, and I don't think they knew I could hear, but I have really good hearing. <laughs> and so does Aiden. <laughs> so, that's he, I don't think he heard them or he didn't understand. Yeah. But they had said something really mean about me um, and how I looked. And just, like, I overheard it and I felt crushed, mm. you know. Like, so if it's not bad enough looking like this when something that you thought was a friend in Christ said something mean about me and I didn't go to church for a whole summer and like Steve would leave every Sunday with the kids are you coming and I was like nope (laughs) and it was just like a really awkward time because never before in my life have I not gone to church ever right and so in that time I just kind of was like searching and and uh like wrestling with what to do next like where to go from here and I can't say I actually had like a revelation or anything, but eventually I realized like, okay, I have just as much right to go to church as the next person, so I'm going to go. And so I started going back to church again. And it was just kind of like a roller coaster of emotions, you know? Yeah. Anyway. yeah. That's a lot. It was. Yes. <laughs> it was. Um, and to not be able to move on from where you were, you know, yeah. and kind of that, like, okay, this is not how I expected everything to be. Yeah. I'm constantly in pain. Yeah. You know, and so God, now what? Yes. And so did you feel like there was like a, a corner you turned or there, was it just a... There was eventually. So there was probably a period of like five years where I was kind of like in this roller coaster wave. And then I can't even say like there was like one specific event yes. or one specific place in the Bible where I was. It was just kind of one moment where I had a shift of, um, I don't I don't know if it was like a, a shift of thinking or whatever, but it was more just like, a, okay, this is what the Lord has planned. I don't know what God's plans are, but I need to trust in his plans, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I just went with it. And in that, there was like a little bit of healing, like free freeing in that right. moment. Where yes. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna go for it. And then, you know, fast forward another like, couple of years, and now this would be like only five years ago, we were singing, or maybe, I'm not good with timelines, but we had just been starting to sing the song, I Am Who You Say I Am in Church, and I'd never really heard it before, so it was kind of still fresh in my mind, and I was like, you know, humming to myself about the week, and I went out grocery shopping, and someone said something, and I could hear them, and it was like the most devastating, horrifying thing anybody could ever say. And I won't even repeat it because it's just really bad. Yeah. And I was just like, like stunned silence, like with my grocery cart, like, like how do I 
go from here? Like, how do I process hearing that? And then like going about my day. And I was just like, kind of like shell shocked, you know? And then all of a sudden I heard, I am who you say I am. And it just kind of like flooded all over yes. me. And so I just kept repeating to myself, I am who you say I am. As I was going about the grocery store. And I got what I needed done. Yes. And then later that day, as I you know got home and I was all like in my own space, I was like, Ugh. you know, I thought about it. And then I had this revelation that I am who God says I am. Right. And it doesn't matter if I'm not skinny. And it doesn't matter if I'm not healed. Right. I'm going to be used by God for whatever he has for me. And there's a lot of things I am that the next person might not be. Right. Right. And there's yes. a lot of things that God has given me that he may not have given you. Right. Or another person, yes. you know. And so I just kind of was like listening, listening to God in this moment and like just hearing all of the things that he says I am. Yes. And it completely released me of all like the anxiety and like emotions I had about being a supersized person right and then as time went on like I, I think I was like around like 35 years old and I was just like wow like I, it was I can't even tell you how freeing it was it was a shift to the point where I can look at myself in the mirror and I can be like you're beautiful <laughs> not that I do that all the time we all do that <laughs> We all need to do that. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's different. That's it's, but that's, you know, like, that you, we can do, we should be able to say, God, I am who you said I am. Yeah. Do you know? And that's so powerful. And yeah. that's a complete battle, isn't it, of it the is. mind? Because the enemy wants you to believe all the lies, yeah. you know, whereas God is telling us this truth, which radiates through your face. Do you yeah. know, like, the joy of God comes through yeah. because of all that he's done in you. Yeah. Like, that's so incredible. You haven't just been stuck, you know, yeah. I'm going to wait here until you heal me, God, or, do you yes. know, whereas like, well, this is how, what I'm now going to move forward and I'm going to serve as you want me to serve and yeah. be a blessing to who you want me to be a blessing to. Yeah. And it's incredible. Yeah. And even like, there are ways you can get stuck. Like, I don't look in, course, the, no, no, in no. the mirror every day and like, hey, <laughs> but like, you know, there's yeah. like, even recently, there's some things where you can kind of get stuck on, like, I can't serve the way that someone else can serve in the church because I can't play with the babies on the floor right. and I can't stand and serve coffee at welcome and like those kind of things. Yeah. But there is other ways that God has gifted me that Absolutely. I can serve, yeah. you know, and it's just one of those things where there's every kind of thing can be put in your, as a block and Satan will take anything he can mm. to block you from, you know, feeling worthy in the Lord and yeah. feeling like ways that God can use you. And I've experienced a lot of that because I'm just like, wow. And even though I know I am who God says I am, he's given me all these things, yes. the limitations are like this big kind of thing that hovers. And that can steal your joy too, right? right? And so I've kind of, I'm okay with how I look, but I also have to be okay with what my body does or doesn't do, right? right? And that's another journey, which I'm really happy Yeah, <laughs> But I'll get there. Yeah. That's so great. And like you say, it's a journey. And it's yeah. a daily battle. Daily. We, and we all come across different things, don't we? And yeah. it's how we choose to approach that. Yeah. So, but in the way that you serve, like you lead the middle school group, which I know is a huge blessing to those girls. Yeah, we have fun. <laughs> and that's, and do you enjoy that because of, you know, um, you know, about your identity in Christ and how you really want to feed into those girls? And yeah. 
it's well it's fun because I don't have any girls yes but I remember what it was like to be one yes. you know and so you kind of have a heart for that yeah it's rough being a middle schooler <laughs> actually I, I think I've lived a lot of the middle schooler life into adulthood but people <laughs> judge you <laughs> but it's just it's fun to you know be with them and yeah. it's fun to kind of like come alongside them and teach them things and just Good. I'm surprised at how much they like me like, I'm like they, oh, they love you <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part oh. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's been really fun. I enjoy it. It's really yeah. good. Really good. And you were going to say something else about what God had done. Yes. What did I say again? <laughs> <laughs> you pointed, you said, I'm going to come to that later. Oh, yes. Okay. So that was just the part about about healing. Um, so I guess with, with this disease, not only am I really fat, but I also have like a lot of pain. Mm. And so walking is difficult. And um, like in recent years, I've, it's hard for me to like to walk from like my car to the store mm. or if I'm like walking around the store and COVID hasn't helped because we weren't like going into the store right, right? so like before COVID I'd be like I'm getting my groceries and I'd walk all around the store and I'd have I'd be tired afterwards yeah but now because everybody was doing online grocery orders and it was great in that time I found that because I wasn't doing it consistently right it's hard now yes. right and so just like walking hurts and like if I'm doing laundry for example which is a simple thing that all moms do like if i bend over too much it's painful and like that kind of thing so i've been praying for healing for a long mm. time and sometimes god doesn't answer right and that's yeah. hard yeah because it's just really not you know god to answer you yeah but um there was a time where i was just like why won't you heal me and i was like yelling to the heavens but that now i know that like god can still use you in the midst of your suffering yes. and god can use your suffering to encourage other people right and so i don't know why it does when i'm you know bending over the laundry crying because it hurts the bad yeah. but maybe it does i don't yeah. know i've heard people say you're really an encouragement and that's yes. great yeah you know, like that's yeah. what we want to be um but i did want to say about god's faithfulness in this whole journey that i've had because it's been a long time. The downside of being in Canada is that things take for, forever <laughs> when you're waiting, you know, for diagnosis. Yeah. It took, like, from the time that I realized at that doctor's office when I had a baby, Micah, who is now 14, I still took, like, another eight years for me to actually be diagnosed with lipidema wow. officially. And then after that, it took, like, another three years to start treatment. So right now, the only way that they can treat it is like compression therapy and the best option is surgery. And so I did like the compression and then I did another thing that's like a massage you can do. And so I've done all of those things, but each time it's taken a really long time. And the first time when I got diagnosed, I flew to Toronto and I went to a clinic there and I was diagnosed by a doctor. And when I was kind of like scrolling through my phone one night, and I said to Steve, oh, look, there's a clinic in Ontario that has a doctor. I should go. And I'm like, why don't I try and go, like, around December or January or something? And Steve said, why would you wait? Book an appointment now. Wow. And so I did. Yeah. And the clinic closed in December. So oh. if I had waited, like, when I thought, wow. you know, it yes. wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And then the therapy thing, they, because I had had to go to the hospital. You'll probably remember it was a while ago, mm. but every week, like, three times yeah. a week. Yeah. And... It was going to be out in um, St. John's. And I was thinking, how am I going to do that with little kids in yes. school? And I can't drive. So going all the way out to St. John's. 
And by the time they finally called me for the therapy, they had a clinic open the week before in Fredericton. <laughs> the week before. So I was like, okay. And in the middle of that three years, I was like, why is this taking so long, Lord? And like just wrestling with that. Right. And so I've learned God's timing is pretty easy. Yes. And so now I'm winning on surgery right. in California. Oh, wow. And it was supposed to happen before COVID. Oh. <laughs> and then COVID happened. Yes. So it didn't happen. And now I have to wait again um, because they want to do it in the hospital instead of in their clinic. Right. For whatever reasons. Yeah. And so they're trying to work out the logistics. And so you could get discouraged because it's going to be a while. Like I, I haven't heard anything for like almost a year already. Yes. And I just kind of remember, I think back and I'm like, wow, look at God's goodness over all of these mm. things, even in just this one area of healing. And then, or, you know, my, my journey of Redeemer. And you can think like, okay, well, this is taking forever. I'm still living in pain. I don't have any answers. Or you could say, who knows? Every single time it's been God's timing yes. has been best case scenario for me. <clears throat> so who knows what could happen when I can finally have surgery. Yeah. Maybe it'll be the, actually, I shouldn't say maybe. It will be best case yes. scenario. Yeah. You know? So it's just having faith in so in good. God. And that you're not just... <clears throat> Sitting, well, I'm not going to not going to do anything until right. You know, this has happened, and yeah. and I think we can often become stuck in our difficulties and think, well, God, you know, hasn't been faithful in this one tiny, or we feel like He hasn't answered our prayers yeah. in that one tiny thing. So why would He continue to be faithful? Whereas we realize when we look back, God is always continually faithful. Yeah. So I think that's really encouraging for people who maybe are have physical healing. Do you know that they haven't yeah. received? Whereas God can still use you yeah. in the midst of your pain. Yes. And you're right how encouraging that is to other people. You know, yeah. you think, well, if they can have a positive attitude and I just get stuck in this rut all the time, do you know? Yeah. Like, we can overcome things with God's joy yeah. and yeah. his assurance to us. Yeah. Why don't you tell us just, you moved house recently yes. about that really neat story. <laughs> yes, it was wonderful. So my brother had moved um, from Hamilton, Ontario to, to um, Hampton. And I remember saying to him, like, you're crazy. I will never move out of this house. And then a couple of weeks after he said that, I was coming up the stairs in our old house. And it wasn't laid out great. It was a split level. So you would open the door and have to go up or down. And the, ba the only bathroom in the house was downstairs. And so I was coming upstairs one night, and I was not having a big pain day. <laughs> and I was just like, I think we have to move. And like, as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, did I just say that? I was like, what? And then Steve was like, you're crazy. You're never moving. And then a couple days later, I was coming up the stairs and Steve just saw me struggling. He's like, we need to move. And then three weeks later, we were in a new house. <laughs> I don't even know how. We had to completely redo, like paint everything because I love colors, like really love colors. But not everybody else does. <laughs> so the, the realtor is like, paint the whole house gray. And I just thought, how? How are we going to do that? Yeah. And then our church came forward and people painted yeah. and cleaned and spent time with the kids and just, it got done. I didn't do a thing. I just sat there and looked nice. Like, that was it. <laughs> and encouraged. Yeah. And yes. Told exactly. <laughs> but didn't Steve pray, God, he that did. we would move before Christmas? So that night that I was coming up yeah. down the stairs. And I was having a hard time. We went to bed. We always prayed before we could sleep. And he said he'd prayed specifically for a new house before Christmas. And I was like, that isn't like a month. You are completely <laughs> insane. Like, whatever. And like, those words came out of my mouth too. 
I had doubted. He did not doubt. He was like, new Prospect Christmas. I can't see why God can't do this. And we were in a week before Christmas. Amazing. And it was like, it's a lovely house. It has um, like a one floor level where yes. I can be. Yeah. Everything I need upstairs. And then the downstairs is set up like an apartment, yeah. which is perfect for my kids because as they grow into young men who probably will live at home forever, then they can stay mm -hmm. and have a spot that feels like their own. Yeah. And it was just like the perfect setup. So, so it's good. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe talking to a little bit about you and Steve, your marriage, and kind of like how it's been a journey in your marriage as well. Yeah. So when I when we first got married, nobody knows all the things that are going to happen. Right. Otherwise, you'd be like, do you really want to get married? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I would never say that. Maybe not. <laughs> but when we first met, I was 21, and he is older than me, so he was 27, no, 28. And... Like, life was bright and beautiful, and we had a great future, and we had all these plans. And then um, we ended up getting pregnant, like, pretty much right away. And it was uh, interesting. I like, think people always get shocked when I tell the story, because we actually met in January of 2004. And we got engaged in June, and we got married in October of the same year. <laughs> For no real reason, other than why not, right? <laughs> and then the next year we had Aiden yeah and so um yeah it was basically he got to know me as a crazy hormonal <laughs> the poor man and he still stayed and then after that not our best. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that all this lipedema stuff happened right. you know and you just don't know what's going to happen when you get married but then there was a period where it's just like could anything get any worse and uh -huh. I'm like you know like the kids we had a really hard time at first with the kids because they had autism and we didn't know. And so all these things are happening at school and you're getting all these phone calls about like, your kid did this, yeah. you know, and not knowing why. And so we had a couple, a number of years where it was like diagnosed with, I was diagnosed with edema and then Aiden was diagnosed with autism and then Mike was diagnosed with autism. And I remember saying to Steve like, what is next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what is going to happen next? And then... A few years later, I had read a statistic that said that 98% of marriages that have more than one autistic child end in divorce. And we're going on 17 years. Yeah. And people always say, like, why are you, why are you still married? Like, what's your secret? Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, the Lord. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. we, we realized early on that we needed to depend on the Lord for everything. Mm. Like, you can you can put all your faith and hope into your spouse, but you're not God. No. You know, they're a gift from God, yeah. but they are not God. Yeah. And so you kind of have to cry out to the Lord together, yes. you know, which is what we do. Yeah. We laugh a lot because laughter is really healing. Yeah. That's why I laugh all the time, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know what I do if I didn't, you know? Yes. A joyful heart is good medicine. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you a good team. and Yeah. Yeah, we try. And we just yeah. have, we have compliments. Like, I'm yes. really good with some things. And he's really good with some things, yeah. and so we kind of like work well together. Yeah. But um, I often wonder, like, you know, like there's people that you think of that you've dated in your past, and right? Think, like they would not be okay with right. me the way that I am well, now, you know? Yeah. And like, here's a solid guy that yes. has, who did not know, although I wasn't skinny when we got married, but did not expect me to look like this, and he still thinks I'm beautiful. Yes. You know? So yeah. like, it's it's really lovely. No, it's <laughs> and I, I think that's incredible that God knew. Do you know, before yeah. you were married, that all that was going to go through. Yeah. And 
just you know you'd both be faithful together yeah. getting through it all and yeah. it's great exactly. yeah well is there anything else you wanted to that i haven't asked or i think so I've said a lot. Do you, no, it's what I just, and I just think it's such a powerful testimony. Yeah. And there's more to come, you know. There is. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's not doom and gloom. You no. know, it's it's no. beautiful that God brings such beauty out of where you feel like it was hopeless. Do you know? Yeah. And all that your testimony says to other people, and just there is one thing I might add for anybody who struggles with pain. Right. I had this revelation conversation I'm not sure what with the Lord and I had said like it's really hard to be like in pain all the time you know like that term people use in pain and then God kind of flipped it and said no you have pain you're not in pain and so it made a huge difference because I'm like yes I could say I'm in pain all the time and there's just kind of like that thing is whatever you're in you're dwelling in and I would rather dwell on the Lord wow. and have pain than be in pain and focusing on so if you're somebody who suffers with pain all the right. time, and I know that there's many, yeah. um, just kind of flipping the switch on that and thinking, yeah. you know, you can dwell in the Lord, you can have joy in the Lord, yeah. and you can still have pain. Yeah. You know, you can be a crocheter, or you can be a baker, or you can be a server and still have pain. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be all that you are all right. the time. And so that has changed a lot for me because somebody who experiences pain a lot, it's really lovely to have that kind of like, I'm going to be in the Lord instead of in pain. Yes. And so it's just part of me, but it's not all of me. Yeah. And that has been really encouraging to me. <laughs> Maybe it would Amazing. encourage somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. It really is. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you, Drusha. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope that you've been blessed by Drusha's testimony. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.